Well, I want to say hello again to everyone in this room and those of you joining us at home or out in the side yard. We're really glad that you're here. I have a question for you. Have you ever thought to yourself, how do I get better? Like, have you ever been struggling with something, maybe anxiety or insomnia or depression or a relationship that's broken and just causing you tons of pain? Maybe an addiction, maybe just a general feeling of like, I thought I would be somewhere else by now and I'm not. Have you ever just thought like, how do I get better? How do I improve? How do I grow? I think we all have times where we wonder that, where we wonder how do we get better or how do we get through this season? How do we get to where we want to be, where we maybe thought we'd be? And it is really our hope and our prayer that this place Platt Park Church would be a place that hurting people run to rather than run away from. It is our hope that as we gather together, you know, in worship and small groups and serving teams, that first and foremost, Christ would be exalted, would be lifted high, but also that we would be a safe place for each other. You know, kind of like we go out in life into the deep end. We're, we're risking things. If we're in a swimming pool, we're going out into the middle. Maybe we're treading wa- water, getting tired. Maybe we're diving into the deep in some area, relationally or vocationally, or with some new challenge. But it's our hope that as a church, as a community of faith, that we would kind of be for each other, almost like the sides of a swimming pool, where we can come back and, like, put our hand on the side and, you know, take a breath, that it would be a place where masks come off and where we're not masquerading around like we have it all together, but that we know this is a place where nobody's perfect and everyone is seeking to follow God in the way of Jesus. There are really, when it comes to that sort of question of like, how do we grow? How do we get better? There are really two main ways that we grow in life, and one is simply through deep love, and the other is through deep suffering, and very often deep love (laughs) involves deep suffering, so perhaps they're one and the same, but when we struggle, we often wonder, like, how do I make it through this, or how do I get better, or how do I grow, how do I be tomorrow someone who is more like Jesus than I am today? And the reality is, is God has something to say to us in every new season of our lives. In every new challenge that we face, God is present with us, and he provides the power to illuminate our way, to show us how to live. I mean, not only are the very words of life found in Jesus, but wisdom practical wisdom for daily life is found in the way of the ways of God. So following God in the way of Jesus, it's not just like checking boxes of intellectual assent in our heads. It's not about church attendance. It's not about, you know, knowing our Bibles. Wisdom that God gives is like applied knowledge practically to whatever it is we're facing in life. Wisdom is like embodied knowledge. It's deeply practical. And it, it's rare to find people who are wise and who are growing in wisdom. 
But God offers us wisdom for life. God offers us wisdom for parenting, for singleness, for difficult relationships, for marriage, for loss, for discerning a new opportunity. And so when we struggle, and we all do, God wants to be our guide. You know, you hold the hand of the one who has wisdom for whatever you're facing today. Now, when it comes to growth, when it comes to healing in our lives, it seems as though there are kind of three ingredients that God always uses if we're going to be on a journey of growth. And we see these in different places in scripture. But let's just say that you're struggling with something physically in your body. It is right and good and wise to go to your doctor. And as you go to your doctor and evaluate that thing that you're facing physically, God also will use these three ingredients we're going to talk about in your life. Or let's say that you are like, wow, there's been a lot of days in the past year where I have had a super hard time getting out of bed. And you engage a therapist and you start exploring, am I depressed? What is going on? That is good and that is wise and that is right to do that. And on the path to healing in that way, God will also use these ingredients. If you, after the pandemic, if we've learned anything, it's like, whoo, we need a community, right? And so if you engage in a small group here at church and you're just like, I want to form some soul friendships. I want to form some deeper relationships in life. People who would know me well, people that I would know well. That is wise and right and good to do in your own journey of growth. And God will use these three ingredients as well on that. So kind of no matter where we're seeking to grow or get better, it seems God uses these things. And what they are, we're going to call them this, reality and grace and time. And so we're going to look at a passage of scripture where we see this. This comes from Luke 13, 6 through 9. And Jesus was telling a parable, and he said this. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Leave it alone for one more year. Let's give this tree some time. I'll dig around it. This tree is not producing fruit. This tree, this tree is struggling. This tree is not doing well. Let's look at, like, underneath the surface of this tree. What's going on? Like, I'll dig around it and fertilize it. I'll provide grace. I'll provide an environment of nourishment for this tree. So let's look at what's the reality, what's going on under the surface. Let's give some nourishment, and let's give a little bit of time. The vineyard grower in this parable says, before you cut down this tree, like, let's do these three things. And it seems that not just in this section of scripture, but other places as well, that God uses these things if we're going to grow. We need to face what's true, what's real, be honest about reality. We need to be in an environment of grace, and we need time if we're going to grow, if we're going to change. 
So let's just talk about these for a minute. Um, first of all, naming reality. What is that all about? Naming reality is about naming what is real and what is true in a given situation. Like, let's make sure we're seeing the situation for what it is. Let's surround this tree with grace. Let's fertilize it. Each and every time God brings healing, it seems that these ingredients are in play. It's interesting because another word you could use for reality is the word truth. What is truth? What is real? It's about seeing and accepting those things. And this is surprisingly hard for us. We come to love lies because sometimes they serve us well. There was a famous movie back in the 90s. Do you remember that movie, um, A Few Good Men? Where there's a famous line in the movie. It's like Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. And there's a, it's a kind of a military movie and a soldier dies. And Tom Cruise as the lieutenant is like, this soldier died unjustly. And the colonel, like the guy in control, is Jack Nicholson. And they're in this like interrogation courtroom and Tom Cruise says, I want the truth. And the famous line of the movie is Jack Nicholson like screaming back. What is it? You can't handle the truth. It's like the famous line of the movie. No one remembers anything else about the movie but that scene. No, but, but it, it's kind of true, right? Like sometimes I have come to adopt or spin or participate in or believe something that served me very well. And sometimes when I have pain in my life, if I get quiet, if I get honest, if I allow people of wisdom to speak into my life, I come to see, gosh, I've, I've kind of been loving a, a lie. I've been, I've been allowing a lie to to dominate, it served me well. Maybe that lie helped me survive, but now it's causing me pain. And so seeing reality, digging around, is kind of like, here's the tree. It's not producing fruit. What's going on? We can't just look externally. right? we got to kind of get under the soil, under the roots. I remember I had this jade plant years ago, and the jade plant, it was like the, it was super healthy for a long time and then kind of started dying. And I remember at one point, a thing broke off, a big like hunk of the, it was a huge jade plant, big hunk fell and it was just rotten in there. You know, so these leaves are dropping and I'm like putting water on and stuff, but it was way rotten in underneath. So when it comes to our healing, we have to live in what's real and what is truth. Reality is needed. Truth is needed. It's the hard work of dig digging around under the surface and naming things properly. Sometimes we come to that painful realization that things we've experienced or things we've believed, maybe things we've unknowingly participated in, are things that are no longer they weren't true, and maybe we use them as a, just a tool of denial to survive. So if you have some area in your life that is a struggle right now, you're like, I just want to get better in this area. 
One thing, one practice, is to just take some time to get quiet and with a whole lot of compassion in the very presence of Jesus, get curious. Why am I not sleeping very well? What, what, what is there up about? Why do I, every time I go walk around Walk Park by myself, why do I start crafting this game up for this person and it's just like nasty? And that's all my mind wants to think about when I get alone. Like, what is that all about? To take some time for quiet reflection, to get curious, to, to wonder, like, what, what is this pain all about? Rather than trying to bury it or deny it or minimize it or explain it away. Naming things properly is a work of God in our lives. And I wonder what might be just unnamed for you right now. Like sometimes we just brush things off as, oh, this is part of life. But like, think about this for a minute. If you have a child that's about to start kindergarten, if you're about to send a kid off to college, have you taken a little time to just like name that? It's a pretty big deal. Has your spouse just started a new job? Have you paused to just name like, a big thing have you been just like carrying around a regret it's just like following you it's just a part of you you just live with this regret and think this is normal way to live have you ever paused to just go like i got a name that i am carrying this regret with me like i'm the babe or you know maybe for you is there just a hurt in your life that you you haven't quite let go of it's just sort of always with you. Or on the other end of the spectrum, is there an excitement inside of you that you haven't named? Like, I'm, I'm really excited about this thing. Or is there a friend that has had some win, some success, something in their life that you feel some jealousy around? This is the work of naming reality, of getting quiet and pausing and saying, what is, what is the truth of the situation? What is the reality I'm facing? See, because all of these circumstances that sometimes we just brush off, all of these circumstances have has the potential to influence us in all kinds of different ways. And if they remain unacknowledged, they can influence, influence us in ways we don't understand, can come out in different ways that we can't quite pin down. You know, Parker Palmer, he's talking about vocation, but applies to so many things. He just says, let your light speak. And the truth is, like, our lives are speaking in a million different ways to us all the time. Let your life speak. Be willing to listen to what, what, are, what is this reality? What is this data that's coming to you? Be willing to listen. And remember that you never need to be afraid of listening alone. You can like be assured that as you get curious and listen, you don't do that alone. We have a heavenly father who hears everything we say, even stuff we're afraid to say. Hears and knows everything we say, even before we say it. And God will guide you in the truth. God will guide you in seeing and accepting reality, even when it's painful. God will show you what is real. And he will not leave you there 
sometimes I think we think, well, I don't want to name that because I don't want that thing to become my identity. But the thing is, is you can name a reality without it becoming your identity. You can say, this was true of my experience without adopting a whole identity around it. But it is important to name things properly. Secondly, like in the parable, the, it, it talks about fertilizing. Like he had to give the tree something that it could not produce for itself. It needed some food, some nourishment. And this is this picture of how God provides grace, gives us grace, often gives us grace through one another. Like grace is a very churchy word, but really God's grace often comes very practically through the body of Christ. In 1 Peter 4.10, we read this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You do not have all the things you need to grow. Neither do I. And this is why God gives grace. God's grace is available in these various forms, and these various forms of God's grace come through God's people. Like God gives you other people so that they can share with you a gift that you need. And God gives you to other people so that you can share a gift that God's giving you that they need. And this is why small groups are such an important part of a faith community like ours. Because it really is in those relationships where the administering of God's grace shows up. Where God's grace shows up in a listening ear. Where God's grace shows up in a pastoral care. Where God's grace shows up in the form of like, Let's meet and go take a walk together because you have the self-discipline that I don't have right now. But if I meet you there, you could share some of your self-discipline. It's like how God gives grace in its various forms. Our, the, this culture that we live in, the story of our culture, says that, hey, you got this. You have everything inside of you. You got this. The story of the scriptures is different. The Christian story says you are not made to live in isolation and independence. You are not made to live that way. You are made to need one another. You are made to live in interdependent relationships. Relationships that are founded on love, where the administering of God's grace comes in these various forms through the various gifts God's given each person. So if together, as a church, we can help one another name what is real and true and be grace to each other and give one another time. You will heal and you will grow. This is how we change. In the story, you know, God's healing, um, it didn't happen like in, an, uh, the tree, in the fig tree parable. It didn't happen in a weekend retreat, right? The vineyard grower says, let's give it time. Let's give it a year. Don't expect fast results. Growth takes place over time as we're planted and firmly rooted in grace and in truth. There's a great little poem called Patient Trust. 
which reminds us of this patient trust. Poem says this, above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. We're impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet, it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability in that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on as though you could be today what time, that is to say grace and circumstances acting on their own goodwill, will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. In the parable, there's that reference to time. Like, let's give it a year. And in that, I think there's also that reminder that life is short, that we are all only here for a limited amount of time. We all will die. There will be an end to every life. And so there's this picture of what are we doing with the time that we do have, and we don't know how long that will be. It seems that reference is in the parable as well. And if we're digging around, we're getting under the surface, we're fertilizing and providing nourishment, grace, allowing time, we will bear fruit in Christ. That's what he does in us. So may we together be the church to each other. May we be people who help each other see what's real, see what's true, who give each other grace, who stay together long enough to see that miracle of healing and growth happen in each other. Let's pray as we close. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these pictures you've given us in, in scripture, for these stories that you've told us. I pray that like a spiral into our hearts and our minds, your word would go deeper and deeper as we worship over your word together each week, as we sing of your love together, as we look each other in the eye and, and speak words of life to one another. I pray that in this community, your grace would abound. And I pray that each person in this room would experience your healing power and growth in their lives towards who you've created them to be. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.